the results of a poll that had been taken recently that gave me a little bit of hope. According to that poll, most Americans still believe in God. Now, does that mean that they are practicing God's Word, that they are attending church faithfully? Well, no doubt a lot of them are not doing that, but at least they are still believers. And I think we can safely say that where we are, where we live, most people are believers in God. Are they studying their Bibles, attending church faithfully? Well, again, no doubt a lot of them are, are not doing that. But at least we have not just completely given up on God. And that is good. But now, where we are in the times that we are in, in the, the circumstances that we are living through right now, we need more than that. We need to believe that God is good, that God cares for us, that God is watching out for us, that He has a plan for us, and we need to be about the business of fulfilling that plan. I'm afraid that God gets the blame when things are not going well, more so than He gets the credit when things are going well. It's hard for us humans when things are not going good in our life. It's hard to see God as kind and loving and, and gracious. We need somebody to blame. And I guess God is just an easy target. Why, why didn't God help me? It's, it's easy for us to blame God. Now we know that Paul tells us in Romans 8 and verse 28... He says, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose. But that might be hard for us to see. When our nation is in turmoil as it is now, when we are sick, when we have suffered a, a great loss. It, it might be hard for us to see what is really best for us at that moment. God, God knows these things. He, he's looking ahead. He knows what's going to happen. We don't know those things. And it might be hard for us to, to see that what is really best for us at that point. Remember that the Apostle Paul had what he calls his, his thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what that was. Many Bible scholars believe that Paul's eyesight was really bad. But whatever it was, it hindered him. And he tells us that he asked God three times to remove it. And the answer was no. But along with... That answer, God said, my grace is sufficient unto thee. I, I'm going to help you, Paul. I'm not going to take it away, but I'm going to help you. And so, even when God doesn't 
answer our prayers the way we want Him to. And sometimes He just says no. He's still helping us. Even then, He's still helping us and He's still with us. I know that I have been praying fervently that, that all of this will pass by and that we can get back to normal just as soon as possible. I know that God is not going to just wipe this away. Just one uh, mighty swoop and it'll all be gone. I know that's not going to happen, but I firmly believe that for those of us who love God, who are called according to His purpose, God is helping us. He is going to help us work our way through this. Forgive me if what I'm about to say sounds a little negative. I I really try not to be overly negative and preach negative things all the time. I really try not to do that. What I'm about to say doesn't sound too good. If God was not good, if God did not care about the human race, if He was not loving and kind and gracious, He would not allow this world to stand, such as it is. Many folks in our day have no regard for God's Word. doesn't mean a thing to them. Many of our political leaders who are supposed to be leading us through this mess, God's Word doesn't mean a thing to them. They've chucked their Bibles in the garbage can. There are behaviors and lifestyles in our day that a few years ago would have shocked us. And now they are so common, we don't think too much about it. We see them so much, we've gotten used to it. Now consider that God could call it all to a halt at any time. At any time, God could just say, enough, no more, that's it, end of the world. He could do that at any moment. And yet, here we still are. God must care about the human race. I'm reminded of the children of Israel back in the Old Testament. Remember that they, they came up out of Egypt, and the reason the Egyptians decided to release them from their bondage is because God had afflicted the Egyptians with ten plagues. Pharaoh let them go, changed his mind, sent his army after them, and so God parted the Red Sea so they could go across on dry ground. They had seen all of those things. And yet when they got to Sinai, Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the law, and the people convinced Moses' brother Aaron to fashion a golden calf for them to worship. So soon, after they had witnessed all of those things, they were already turning away from God. During the time of the judges, God's plan was for the children of Israel, the Israelites, to just practice the law of Moses. The law that Moses received at Sinai. You won't need a king. You won't need a government. 
just practice the law. That didn't work for one reason. Their disobedience. During the time of the judges, the children of Israel would worship the Canaanite false gods. God would allow one of the surrounding nations to oppress them. They would cry out for help. God would raise up a judge and throw off their oppressor, and they'd go right back and do it again. It was a recurring cycle during the time of the judges. The time of the kings, if anything, was worse. The northern kingdom was so wicked that God allowed the Assyrians to just overrun them. And the southern kingdom was carried away to Babylon. And all of that was because of their disobedience. And yet, in Jeremiah 31, this is what God said to the children of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. Even, even after all of that, in verse 1, At the same time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when I went to give him rest. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. As disobedient as they had been, God still loved the children of Israel, and God still loves all men today. And he, he wants us to go to heaven. Sometimes people look around this world, such as it is, and they say, what's God waiting for? <laughs> why, why are we even still here? The circumstances that we see in the world today. Perhaps the answer to that is in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. Peter says there that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That, that's, that's why God loves us, and He's giving us every chance that He can, every opportunity, as much time as He can, to get our lives in order through the sacrifice of His Son on the cross. We have a plan of salvation that we can be obedient to and still go to heaven. But we have to take advantage of that. There is something for us to do. That plan is there. It's available to us. We can do it if we want to. But make no mistake, there is a necessary response on our part. It, it is not unconditional. We must respond to it. Our obedience is necessary. And that plan of salvation itself is evidence that God cares about the human race. Because part of that plan 
was that God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, had to leave heaven. He, he was already there. We forget that sometimes, don't we? Jesus was already in heaven, but he had to leave. Come down to the earth, take the form of a man, suffer and die on the cross for the sins of the world. That was part of the plan. That was not a coincidence. It didn't just happen that way. That was part of the plan. Have you ever considered how much it must have hurt God to watch Jesus suffer on the cross? Have you, have you ever thought about that? His only begotten Son. Let, let's turn to Matthew chapter 27. And I want to show you some of the things that happened there. Now, now remember, God is, God is watching His only begotten Son suffer and die on the cross. In Matthew 27, let's, let's look at verse 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. Now that's, that's 12 noon until 3 p.m. That's right in the middle of the day, but it gets dark. It's dark. God's, God's watching Jesus suffer on the cross, and, and it gets dark right in the middle of the day. Now let's look at... Look at verse 50. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked. The rocks were split. Graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. By the grace of God and because of the great sacrifice that Jesus himself made on the cross. We still have a plan of salvation and a way to go to heaven. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why we've got that plan. In Romans 8 and verse 14, the Apostle Paul said, for, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He goes on in that passage and tells us that if we are the children of God, then we are, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Think about that exalted position that we are in. The children of God. Do you love your children? And you're probably thinking, what a ridiculous question. You know I love my children. And I do. I, I have no doubt that you love your children. I'm certain that you do. Well, you can be sure that God loves His children. And He is watching out for us. 
And he's helping us. In Luke chapter 15, we have the story that, that we know as the prodigal son. It starts in, in verse 11, and you're familiar with that story. Jesus tells us about the young man who asked for his share of his father's inheritance, even as his father was still alive. And Jesus tells us that not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. So he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed swine, which was a job that no Jew would have wanted to take. Uh, pigs were unclean to them, according to the law of Moses. So he takes a job feeding the pigs, and Jesus tells us that he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. He's ready to eat with the pigs. He's, he's, he's hit the bottom. But Jesus tells us that he came to himself. And he said, my father's servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I'm going to arise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and your sight. No more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Now, when we read that story, we, we focus on the decision that that young man made. And, and it was a great decision. I'm going to get up out of the hog pen and I'm going back to my father. That's a great thing. But this morning, I want you to notice the picture that Jesus paints of the father. Now, his son has taken his inheritance. He's run off and, and blowed it, we might say, thrown it all the way. And here he comes dragging back in. In Luke chapter 15 and in verse 20, he arose, the young man, and came to his father. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him, and he had compassion. And he ran, and he fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, he did what he said he was going to do. Father, I've, I've sinned against heaven and your sight. I, I'm not worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Uh, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Did he deserve that kind of treatment? <laughs> Absolutely not. Had he... Had he earned it? Oh, oh no, he, he'd been out there in a, in a far country wasting everything his father uh, had given him. He didn't deserve any of this. But all the father cared about is that his lost son was back. God loves us, folks. Even if we are prodigal. I'll close like this. We're worried now about our families. Sure we are. 
we're worried about our country. And I hope you're like me, and I hope you're praying for our country every day. I, I know I am. I'm concerned about the church as a whole and our congregation. We are not getting to assemble as much as we, as we need to. I, I believe that all Christians need that fellowship and, and that encouragement that they get from assembling with their brothers and sisters. I, I fear that, that some of us will, will grow weak and our, our faith will, will not be as strong when all of this is over with. I, I, I'm concerned about that. I, I, I truly am. We have problems. And I am praying harder than I ever have in my life that we can get through this just as soon as possible. But yet, I look at the example of the children of Israel as disobedient as they had been. God still said to Israel, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. God loves us, folks. He's watching out for us. He is, he is helping us. Let us stay faithful. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. This morning, if you are not a Christian, this is a chance and an opportunity for you to Obey the gospel and become a member of the Lord's church. If you are willing to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins, you can obey the gospel and become a Christian this very day. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel at some time, perhaps your faith has already grown weak and you, you have not done as well as you as you should have done and you realize that if that is the case if you are willing to to throw off those things that have caused you to stray then you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and you can be restored you can do that this morning as we stand and sing